You're listening to L-Town Radio, the Livingston Library Podcast. Welcome, dear listener, and thank you for tuning in to the November 2023 episode of L-Town Radio, the Livingston Public Library podcast. I'm Joe from the Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, and coming up in this episode, Jessica will highlight some of the best books headed to our shelves this month. She'll also talk a little bit about our Hooks and Needles program. Gino will tell us about some of the great things the Youth Services Department has planned in November, and Hong Mei will treat us to some relaxing autumnal music. But first, I want to talk about a man named Richard Straley. According to his obituary on tributearchive.com, Richard Straley was born in Irvington, New Jersey on July 17, 1927, and died in Chester, New Jersey exactly 81 years later on July 17, 2008. He was an award-winning professional artist who received his Master of Fine Arts degree from Montclair State College, and he taught at the Pratt Institute, County College of Morris, and Caldwell College. And in the 1970s and 80s, Richard and his wife owned and operated a modern art gallery right here in Livingston. I happened to learn about Richard while doing my regular explorations of the library's local history archive. You see, we were fortunate to receive a multi-thousand dollar grant from Library Link New Jersey earlier this year, which we used to fund the digitization of many of our local history materials, including dozens of audio tapes and VHS videotapes containing interviews and other recordings of Livingston residents from decades ago, going all the way back to the mid-1970s. And hopefully by the time you hear this podcast, you'll be able to watch or listen to All of these recordings digitally on the Local History Archive page of our website, livingstonlibrary.org. Anyway, one of the videotapes that I found uh, during this project contained four episodes of uh, Livingston Library Presents, which was a local cable TV series that the library produced back in the late 70s. And each of the four episodes on this tape profiled a modern artist working at the time, with the fourth episode featuring Richard Straley. This episode was directed by a former library employee named Roger Massanigo, who filmed uh, Richard Straley over the course of a weekend as uh, Richard created a brand new painting from a blank canvas. And along the way, he also shared a bunch of his thoughts on topics like art and creativity and the search for truth. So in addition to admiring Richard's talent as an artist, I was really struck by a lot of the things he had to say in this short documentary. At one point, Richard expresses concern that he might sound, to his to use his word, pompous. Uh, but on the contrary, I thought he managed to dig really deeply into these topics in a way that was profound and meaningful, yet still sensible and accessible. Um, personally, I'm not much of a visual artist myself, but I do often channel my creative energy into things like music and creative writing, and so I found his ideas to be quite inspiring and resonant 
to my own pursuits. And I thought I'd share portions of that episode here on the podcast this month. And I hope that you, dear listener, whether you're an artist or a creative type yourself or even just interested in the arts to any degree, that you will enjoy listening to Richard's ideas as well. I walk down to the studio and I look at the canvas and I think uh, like I was coming out to, to, to fight the, uh, the great white whale. It's like an intimidating uh, presence. So for our uh, purposes, I'm going to um, start a painting with, um, with not an idea in a world. I'm just going to start putting some paint on and, um, and see what happens. Uh, sooner or later, some forms, some colors will start coming together and suggest something. Um, I think the suggestion goes to the unconscious. Uh, if it's good, it will, it'll go to the unconscious. If it's kind of mediocre, then it will be a surface thought. Uh, at least that's the way it works for me. I almost uh, never uh, start out with, uh, with any kind of a concrete idea. And I've discovered that, um, that I can't even trust feelings because I may start off a painting thinking that I feel a certain way and that's what I'm going to try to get into the painting, that kind of feeling or that kind of tension I'm experiencing or whatever it is. <clears throat> or an attitude towards my life or the world or, or whatever. <clears throat> but I discovered that uh, in the process of the painting, often I find out that that's really not what was on my mind. Something else is really on my mind, which starts to develop in the painting. Uh, the other thing is, when I started painting, I almost always had a uh, concrete idea in mind. Well, I was doing figurative painting, and now I'm doing so-called abstract painting. If I just suddenly stop talking and uh, drift off, that like I, you know, I see something in here or uh, any kind of an idea that I would come up with for a painting would be uh, outclassed by things that happened in the painting. In other words, better ideas come out of the physical contact with the painting. Uh, the, the painting introduces ideas. I don't know if that's uh, hard to, to follow or, you know, if that's clear. But uh, to me, the <clears throat> painting uh, is like an adventure. And I really don't know or want to know what's going to happen in, in the course of the painting. I, I want to discover something. Like, I don't think of the canvas surface as a flat area. It's like an arena. It's like a doorway into, <clears throat> I can't say an, a, another world, but into, into another environment. In a, um, a reality that comes out of this reality and suggests this reality, but it is its own reality. And it, and it, 
goes back, you know, it's not just across the surface of the canvas, but it's back into the space. Some, sometimes I uh, come up here, and the last thing in the world I want to do is to, um, is to make a painting. I just don't feel like it. Maybe something went wrong during the, during the day and I'm in a bad mood or down mood or something like that. <clears throat> and, uh, but I've learned from experience that you can't give in to that kind of thing. <clears throat> so I've been up here on occasion. I've, I've been up here on, on many occasions where I really had to boot myself in the behind and force myself to, to start working. <clears throat> and then I might work for a couple of hours, <laughs> maybe longer than that, um, and just hate it, you know, uh, forcing myself all the way. And then suddenly, I'll see a, a configuration on a canvas, a couple of forms or, or a combination of forms and colors that and I'll say, oh, oh, wow, you know, that's, that's kind of uh, exciting. And from that point on, then I'm painting with enthusiasm and with a certain amount of, of excitement. But if I hadn't forced myself to get going, that, I would never have come to that point. And then <clears throat> that's another reason why I don't like to uh, have a... Uh, have anything in mind because I like to <clears throat> I like the feeling of being in some unknown territory and uh, the feeling of the 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 adventure um, it's kind of the, the excitement in it <clears throat> And without that, I don't know what it is. It's, uh... I really sometimes get the feeling that I leave the room and go in into the canvas. <clears throat> We'll hear more of Richard Straley's thoughts on art in a moment, including why he thinks so many artists paint clowns, why making art is like playing chess, and what he sees as the differences between American and European painters. But first, let's take a short break to hear from Jessica about what great new books are headed to our shelves in November. November is here and so are new books. Below is a list of books that you can look forward to borrowing from the library this November. Please note that descriptions are taken from the publisher. Class by Stephanie Land, November 7th. From the New York Times bestselling author who inspired the hit Netflix series about a struggling mother barely making ends meet as a house cleaner. A gripping memoir about college, motherhood, poverty, and life after maid. My Name is Barber by Barbara Streisand, November 7th. The long-awaited memoir by the superstar of stage, screen, reco recordings, and television. The Wishing Bridge by Viola Shipman, November 7th. 
With unabashed winter charm, the Wishing Bridge sparkles with the humor and heart fans of Christy Woodson Harvey, Nancy Thayer, and Jenny Colgan love most. Last Night at the Hollywood Canteen by Sarah James, November 7th. Perhaps the best place in 1943 Hollywood to see the stars is the Hollywood Canteen, a club for servicemen staffed exclusively by those in show business. Murder mystery playwright Annie Lawrence, new in town after a devastating breakup, definitely hopes to rub elbows with the right stars. Maybe then she can get her movie made. The Little Liar by Mitch Album, November 14th. Beloved best-selling author Mitch Album returns with a powerful novel that moves from a coastal Greek city during the Holocaust to America, where the intertwined lives of three survivors are forever changed by the perils of deception and the grace of redemption. The Edge by David Baldacci, November 14th. The 620 man is back, dropped by his handlers into a small coastal town in Maine to solve the murder of a CIA agent who knew America's dirtiest secrets. Can Travis Devine uncover the truth before his time runs out? The Future by Naomi Alderman, November 23rd. The best-selling, award-winning author of The Power delivers a dazzling tour de force where a handful of friends plot a daring heist to save the world from the tech giants whose greed threatens life as we know it. The Mystery Guest by Nita Prose, November 28th. Molly Gray is not like anyone else. With her flair for cleaning and proper etiquette, she has risen through the ranks of the glorious five-star Regency Grand Hotel to become the esteemed head maid. But just after her life reaches a pinnacle state of perfection, her world is turned upside down when J.D. Grimthrop, the world-renowned mystery author, drops dead, very dead, on the hotel's tea room floor. Which of these reads are you looking forward to borrowing? We hope to see you at the library soon. Happy reading. Bye. Thanks as always, Jessica. And now to tell us about some of the great things the Youth Services Department has planned for this month, here's the head of our Youth Services Department, Gina. Hi everyone, it's Gina Vaccaro, Head of Youth Services at the Livingston Public Library. I just wanted to take a moment to talk about some of the exciting programs we have coming up this November in Youth Services. To start off, we have Mrs. Chen's Memorial Event. It's Livingston Author Day. We have four of Livingston's very own children's middle grade and YA authors, and they are going to come and share their experiences and their adventures about how they write their books. And this entire event is in Mrs. Chen's memory. So this is a very special event for me as well as the Livingston community. It is on November 15th at 6.30 p.m. I hope to see everybody there. We are also celebrating Native American Heritage Month on Thursday, November 16th at 6.30. And we are lucky to have a tribal representative of the Ramapo Muncie Lenape tribe visiting to share some of her stories of the past and present. Add that to the exciting calendar of story times and watercolor classes and Dungeons and Dragons for Teens and Crochet Club. We also have some wonderful take-home crafts happening. Make sure you take a look at our brochure or our calendar for a full schedule of events 
and say hi when you stop by the Youth Services Department. And we hope to see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much, Gina. And now let's hear more thoughts on art and creativity from the late Richard Straley. I was reading the uh, I was reading the other day about um, an artist who um, who said that when he begins a painting in his studio and he means he's alone in the studio uh, he when he begins a painting all of the artists of history are in his studio with him critics are in the studio friends relatives everyone's in the studio. And he says, as the painting progresses, one by one, people begin to leave. Finally, everybody's left. And he says, and if the painting is really cooking, finally he'll leave. He'll still be painting, but what he means is it'll, it'll, it'll enter a new phase where it's just a, a communication between, you know, maybe his soul and the painting with um, with everything extraneous gone. Um, Picasso uh, frequently said things like forget art, uh, reinvent painting every time you make a painting and I think that's tied tied in with it too. <clears throat> I didn't start painting until I was 30, past 30 when I really got into into painting. And uh, this one I did after, I don't know, a couple of years. <clears throat> and if I were doing it again, I would do it all together differently, but I'm not sure I would do it any better. You know, it would be more skillfully done, maybe. Um, the drawing would be uh, a little looser and freer, but there's just something kind of nice about it, and uh, I probably will never sell it or anything um, it's like a it's like an old uh, friend uh, that started off just like this painting the one I'm doing now except of course it's much uh, smaller I started doing an abstract uh, so-called abstract painting uh, and the clown just kind of uh, forced himself into the into the painting and uh, and I my my uh, immediate reaction was to 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 get rid of him to just paint his smug countenance out of the out of the picture altogether but uh, but it almost seemed like uh, suicide because uh, I became convinced that I was doing a self-portrait um, I know a lot of painters in history have done uh, clowns and I think that uh, painters after a while you know you, you, you paint and you study and you paint and you don't you work as hard to sell and practically all painters are, are poor uh, from uh, if they depend on on sales of paintings and I think they begin to feel like clowns after a while uh, that may have something to do with it when a painting is finished is a problem uh, that uh, artists have discussed for for many years. An American painting 
is, is in that respect, it's quite unlike a European painting. Uh, French painting, for, for instance, always carries through to this, uh, I, I don't want to say slick finish, but uh, polished, um, well, it's, it's, it's good, you know, it's a it's good finished kind of quality. <clears throat> but America is a, like an unfinished place. And American painters have a tendency not to put those finishing touches. They, they kind of like uh, the paintings to, to be a little bit um, free of, of that, that uh, highly developed finish. It's almost like... Um, it's almost like like uh, like playing chess. Um, people can win uh, chess games by making pr good moves, but uh, champion chess players have to make only the best of all possible moves, or they're going to be slaughtered. I'm no champion chess player, and I'm no champion painter, but but those are the are the standards you uh, you try to uh, arrive at try to achieve. It does get a little crazy. Uh, you know, one of the best painters uh, in the state, in the state, in the country, uh, one of the ones that I admire the most, and I know that he's generally admired among, uh, among serious painters, that's uh, George Muller. He's out in the country painting uh, barns. He's just a, a great painter, and uh, in order to keep alive and keep working, he's got to uh, make a living uh, doing something else. It's ridiculous. If he were a doctor or a lawyer, at his age and with his talents and abilities, he'd be. Uh, be comfortable you know I mean he wouldn't he could carry on his career without having to worry every day about making a, a living doing something else imagine a, a doctor painting uh, <laughs> out the country painting barns uh, to make a living so that he can continue practicing uh, medicine We'll hear more of Richard Straley's thoughts on art in just a moment. But first, let's take another short break. And this time, welcome Hong Mei, who'll share a bit of relaxing autumnal music for us. Autumn is here. I invite you to listen to a piece of beautiful, relaxing fall music. The music is called Fresh Autumn Tea Garden Ambience by Dreamy Ambience.
Thank you for sharing that, Hong Mei. And before we get back to Richard Straley, let's hear from Jessica once again to tell us about our Hooks and Needles program. Hello, L-Town Radio listeners. Are you looking for something warm and cozy to do this fall? Well, the Livingston Public Library is here for you. Our Hooks and Needles drop-in knitting crochet and needlepoint group has returned for the fall season. Hooks and Needles meets in the library's technology room on the first Friday of the month at 2 o'clock and the third Thursday of the month at 3 o'clock. It's a great place to work independently on your own projects and get tips and tricks from other people who enjoy the same interests as you. We can't wait to see you at one of our meetings. Be sure to visit the library's event calendar at livingstonlibrary.org to see all the other wonderful programs and events that we have planned for the fall and winter season. We hope to see you soon. Bye. Thanks again, Jessica. And now, back to the late great artist, Richard Straley. It's a funny thing, Roger, about uh, about uh, modern art. We spoke about this briefly here before, but um, the the fact that um, that most people have, you know, well, the tradition that a painting should look like something else other than a painting is, is so ingrained in the um, in, in most people. And I, and I grew up with, with the same thing. In fact, when I started painting, I really didn't like abstract painting. And I thought that a painting should look like something else. You know, it should be a still life, it should be a figure, uh, something recognizable in it. <coughs> and then I began thinking, <coughs> comparing uh, painting with music. And of course, music is, is um, except for an opera, um, music is completely abstract. Somebody said that uh, <clears throat> that one analogy might be a, a violinist on a concert stage where where the, uh, the concert is attended by the general public, not just people who are ingrained in, in music appreciation. And one violinist comes out, and on the violin, he does an Im- imitation of a train pulling into a station. And he, and he knocks everybody out. Because they say, oh, oh yeah, that's a train coming into a station. Then another violinist comes out and, and plays a, a sonata, something, and uh, only a few people appreciate it because they didn't come in expecting that he was going to do an imitation of some other aspect of life. <clears throat> and a lot of painters have gotten into that kind of a, a feeling that, um, that there's no reason why a painting can't be looked at and appreciated just for the for its pure self, just, just for the, the colors, the the forms, the little adventures that happen all over the the, um, the surface of the, of the canvas, uh, without it having to look like a bowl of uh, fruit or, or or some other thing. This ain't no bowl of fruit. 
know it's really hard, and uh, I, I, a lot of artists don't like to to speak about their work, uh, to speak about uh, uh, painting. And I think uh, one of the reasons is that it's hard to talk about it without sounding uh, pompous. Because if you're really serious about it, and everybody who's really serious about it on art, what is it? I mean, what, what is the ultimate thing? It's a search for, uh, for some kind of truth. A, a search for God, probably, is, is the thing that everybody is, in, is engaged in. And, um, <clears throat> but that sounds, uh, that, that just sounds so pompous. You know, uh, you want to go to a dance? No, I got to go down to a studio and search for God. You know, like it's, uh, and you don't really even think about it. Uh, you know, uh, like when I'm making a painting, I don't think I'm searching for some eternal truth or I'm, uh, I'm just, just making a painting. But I know that that's behind it. It could be behind a lot of things. Oh, sure. It's behind uh, science. Even uh, dancing. Pardon? Even dancing in some people. Yeah, well, I, I was I was talking about you know just going out to uh, not being a dancer, you know, just a, going out to a dance. Uh, no, no, dancers, uh, um, it's the same thing. Uh, literature, uh, the the ultimate of all all arts eventually go become philosophy. You know, I mean, the major artists become become really philosophers. Like Cezanne was a philosopher. Uh, the major mathematicians are, are philosophers, uh, 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 hist historians, uh, uh, people in the law, whatever calling it is, it's, um, if it's the pure form of the, of the calling, then the search is for some, some kind of truth that, that is not yet known. People are more curious than cats, you know, like they uh, I think it's true of, of all fields. Again, those were the philosophical musings of the late artist Richard Straley, as recorded by Roger Mossonego for the Livingston Library Presents TV program circa 1977. And you can watch that program in its entirety, along with many more hours of video footage from our local history archive on our website. Just go to livingstonlibrary.org, move your mouse or your finger over where it says Research, and then click on Local History Archive. And there you'll see uh, the audio and video footage that we were able to digitize thanks to the funds we received from Library Link NJ and their Level Up Your Library mini grant. You can also go directly to that page uh, just by visiting www.digifind-it.com/livingston. Speaking of which, if you'd like to explore our local history archive in person. Normally, we'd ask you to make an appointment with one of our reference librarians. However, this fall, we're going to have two special local history open house events where you can just walk right in, 
and browse all the fascinating books, photographs, and other Livingston-related historical records the library has accumulated over the decades. Our first one will be on the afternoon of Election Day. That's November 7th from 2 to 3 p.m. So if you plan to stop by the library to cast your vote on Election Day, why not swing by our local history room and take a look around? We'll also have another open house on Tuesday, December 5th from 7 to 8 p.m. if evenings are more convenient for you. Well, that'll do it. For this episode of L-Town Radio, thanks to Jessica, Gina, and Hongmei for your contributions. And of course, thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. I hope you'll tune in again next month. Remember, you can listen to and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on social media over on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can read our daily blog at livingstonlibrary.org blog. Or you can just visit our general website, livingstonlibrary.org, to search our catalog, browse our events calendar, or use our many, many digital resources 24 hours a day. And of course, we're open seven days a week for all your librarian needs, so I hope you'll come down and see us in person as well. Until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.